Hey, Bridgetown Church, Bethany Allen here with the Bridgetown Daily for Thursday, March 19th. Now, if you're anything like me, this past week has been nothing short of topsy-turvy. Just when I think I'm up to date with the latest information or the latest recommendation from the CDC, I'm already behind. Last night, as I was falling asleep, I found that my mind was racing. And not just about the coronavirus, about my neighbors, all of which are elderly, uh, my sister, my niece, my grandpa who just had surgery. I was wondering about the food and supplies all around me, about my schedule, and about how we as a church and team would care and honestly care well for so many of you. And it didn't take long for anxiety to begin to creep in. Uh, My breath and breathing began to change, each breath straining more and more as I considered what would or could happen. Would we ultimately end up in a dystopian reality and would I have to become president? Important questions like these were racing through my mind. But just before my anxiety swallowed me whole, I felt the Holy Spirit thankfully tap in, reminding me once again of something I actually know very well and yet lately have had a hard time connecting to. The truth that what you think about shapes your reality. All of us right now are thinking about a lot of things, and what we're thinking about is leading us either towards peace or anxiety. There is a war for our attention, and truth be told, it is an age-old battle, and one that starts in the mind. Will we uh, allow fear and anxiety, the questions of the unknowns and the what-ifs, to dictate our peace? Or will we instead take our very human and often limited perspective captive in the language of the New Testament and exchange our thoughts and perspective for God's thoughts and perspective? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5, to 5, Paul writes that we actually have the power to do this because of the Holy Spirit, to take captive our thoughts, to, as he says, take captive any thought that sets itself up against God or even the knowledge of who God is. Now, let's do the math here for just a minute. If God, as we're told in the scriptures, is in fact a good father, if he is a ruler of peace, a shepherd of people, a protector, a healer, if he is trustworthy and sovereign and faithful and good, among many other things, then anything that says otherwise, anything that incites us to believe anything different from these truths, or anything that indicts him in any other way, has to be taken captive as it actually is coming against the truth about who God is. In verse 3 of this chapter, Paul reminds his readers that they are people who live in the world. And in this statement, we find him actually reminding them that they were human, that they exist in a place with limitations and frustrations and trials and pain. And in the same breath, he says that though we live here, we're not going to engage as though the world does. He even uses language of war, reminding us and them that this will often feel like a battle. Paul essentially says that while we live in the world, we don't play by the world's rules. We don't do things the way that they do, and nor are we limited by the world's resources. 
From there, Paul goes on and he says that we actually have a divine power, this ability to demolish the things that we think are immovable or impenetrable. Those places within us that feel so deeply rooted in fear and anxiety that they feel like they cannot be moved or shaken. Paul is saying here we actually have access to a divine power that can demolish those realities. And he says that we actually do this. All this is done through this idea of taking captive our thoughts and making them obedient to Christ. The idea of taking captive a thought is an action phrase that implies ultimate submission and ultimately the submission of your thoughts to Jesus. This act of submission obviously can mean many things, but I think it's important to note that what Paul was teaching here is that bringing your thoughts to Jesus can change your reality. Paul understood, I think, something that many of us miss, especially in hard times. He understood that in order to live in the truth, to live from a place of peace, to live into the story of who God says we are as God's people, governed by a good God, that it will in fact start in the mind. No doubt your mind is and will be the place where the war for truth takes place. The question is, how will you respond? What will you choose to think about in these uncertain times? There has never been a more important moment to monitor what's happening in our hearts and minds than now. And we have the power to not only take captive our anxious thoughts, even those that feel the most immovable, but to actually have them replaced with Jesus's truth. So to end, let's take a minute just to notice, to pay attention to what we've been thinking about. What did you think about this morning? What did you think about this afternoon? What are those thoughts that keep racing through your mind? Are these thoughts in line with the life and the peace of God? If not, just begin even now to bring these thoughts before him. Without self-judgment, lift these thoughts up to God and ask him to show you what he wants you to know, what he wants you to see, what he wants you to feel. Relax into God's goodness and his provision for your life. Allow the peace and the presence of God to fill your mind. And allow him to do this over the next few hours, the next few days, and the weeks to come. Practice welcoming his peace and his perspective and do it over and over again. And may you, in the coming days, be quick to hold up any thought that produces fear, anxiety, or unrest to the one who cares for your soul and to instead exchange your thoughts for his truth and his peace.